This is the Life is Blue Variety Show, the show where we laugh and enjoy life's problems while we're young. Learn to laugh at your problems, because everyone else is, and your host will show you how. Through a melody of gritty hard truths, along with some well-placed curse words, viewer discretion's advised. Blue Variety Show. Your host, the mastermind, Chris Blue. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you know what it is. Back again with another episode of Life is Life is Blue. Man, life is Life is Life is blue. Hey, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back again for another episode of Life is Blue. I hope you're having a great week so far. I hope by the time you reach this podcast that something works out for you in your favor this week. But if you didn't know, this is Life is Blue, the podcast where we laugh about life's problems. And I am your gracious, most gracious host. Chris Blue, aka the Mastermind, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about this ep- this episode, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot of things going on here in the world as of late, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's uh, to we're talking to major major boxing news, to presidential announcements, to some legendary icons unfortunately passing away, but. I'm not going to long talk it. Let's go ahead and get into what you guys came here for. Let's get into the week in review. So if you haven't heard or aren't near the world of boxing, a really huge fight has taken place. I want to say last Saturday, it was between the dream Devin Haney versus the Matrix Vasily Lomachenko. I mean, first and foremost, before we even start talking about you know, the ramifications and all of that, it was a phenomenal fight. Phenomenal, phenomenal fight. I don't want that to be overshadowed by the BS that's going to come after that. But just all in all, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal fight. Going into it, I'm not. I'm just going to be real. I had Devin winning because, you know, Devin, young superstar, I think that he would get an advantage over Loma. I thought that he would get an advantage over Loma. But the fight was actually pretty um, back and forth. Devin started off collecting some of the early rounds like he normally does. Um, you know, working himself into a groove and, you know, pumping that jab. Doing what he got to do in the ring, right? He's, he's basically handling his business. 
Um, and it was going good for until I would say about the halfway mark in the fight. And then Lomachenko kind of just turns it on. Like he, you see exactly why he was once undisputed. You know what I mean? Well, close to undisputed. You know what I mean? Um, it was really just a phenomenal display of elite boxing. It was high level chess. I I completely enjoyed it. Yeah, I definitely got my money's worth. You know what I mean? It was great. It was definitely great. So now let's talk about what's going on. So it's a lot of backlash regarding this fight. Um, reason being, uh, Devin won the fight in a unanimous decision. Um, two of the judges called it very, very close, and one judge called it kind of like a, a complete, uh, basically a domination for uh, Devin. Uh, so the scarce, like the difference between the reviews, kind of sparked it, and also within the last few rounds, that's when Loma was turning it on. That's when Loma was really starting to hit Devin, um, with some really flush and clean shots, basically handling his business. Um, that's the most I've ever seen Devin Haney get hit. Um, and it definitely, uh would raise some eyebrows i'm not gonna lie because some of the again he was landing clean shots i know a lot of times it ends up when especially when it goes to decision you got to play in the favor of who's well most people will expect it to play in the favor of who's dominating well i wouldn't say i don't don't really like saying dominating but who is who's most people like to side with the person who is having the advantage at the end of the fight if it goes to decision so because that's the last thing we remember and us as people we do suffer from recency bias so a lot of times it it, we usually side with the most recent thing so within that being said Lomo was definitely winning the fight at that portion the big question is did Devin do enough to bank the earlier rounds enough to where it wouldn't matter. Did he basically uh, do what he had to do in the early rounds to be able to edge out a victory? Now, to me, that's what happened. To a lot of other people, that's not that isn't what happened. There are a lot of people saying it's a robbery. Um, it even sparked Oscar De La Hoya to try to make a comparison to his fight with Mayweather saying that he was robbed. I really think that's a reach. Um, I think he needs to sit his old ass down. No disrespect. But that fight was was a long time ago. You just seem to like it. Just looks like you just look. You're still salty, um, and that kind of goes to bring up the point that I'm gonna make now, and that is, it really doesn't matter what any other people think, unless the boxing and WWE, w, I was gonna say WWE, the WBA and the whole basically the boxing federation itself, if they decide to overturn the decision or something like that, then it would matter. But right now, it's just people being upset and it's hard and it's a difficult decision it's difficult to really to have a side in it honestly because Lomachenko was such a, a stand-up dude like he went back fought in his country when everything popped off with the war in Ukraine um he was never really been a a, a loud kind of guy he's kind of just been kind of cool on it um he's just always been a great fighter versus Devin is more outspoken I think the push uh, because the, before the fight uh, even happened, Devin uh, pushed Loma, and uh, as I, I think, um, I don't want to misquote, but I want to, you know, bring this to attention. I, I want to say that um, he had to pay a fine because of that, a pretty steep fine. Um, so 
yeah, it just kind of looks bad because Devin is basically leaning into like this villainish kind of role uh, versus Loma is kind of the more hometown hero. Um, so it's it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. And of course, at the end of the fight, Loma was over overtaking um, in emotion, and we had a bunch of videos of him crying backstage, which I think was completely unnecessary in my opinion. We already know he's upset. I mean, we've seen boxers in very very peculiar situations, but I feel like that one could have been avoided. Um, but uh, and even the post fights, he was talking about how he was talking to his kids and saying his kids wanted to bring it all back and things like that. It was just very, it was kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy. Um, I definitely think it could have went either way, but for me, I thought um, Devin won, but I heard more pro fighters say that they thought Devin should have lost. Um, Terrence Crawford said that. Shakur Stevenson said that. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kimbosa said that. A lot of people were saying that he should have lost. But there was also some people saying he won. So it really depends on how you see the fight. Um, but needless to say, despite all of that, at least at the recording of this podcast, Devin Haney is still the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. And congratulations to him. And congratulations to both of them for such an amazing, amazing fight. Now I got to go into some sad news, ladies and gentlemen. Um, at the time of this recording, uh, there's been two influential figures in the world not just black history not just whatever in the world two of the most influential figures in the world recently uh passed away one of which being uh the legendary the most the legendary icon jim brown i mean jim brown is easily easily without even question one of the greatest football players to ever lace him up ever ever i got some stats uh for jim brown for those of you that may not be aware and i and the thing is and what's so dope about it is that i'm gonna do two things i'm gonna announce his actual football stats with a football head but if you aren't really into football i'm gonna let you know what jim brown actually did for black people and just in the fight for civil rights and and, and all of that so just check this this is just some of his notable achievements right Jim Brown was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1971. His NFL career, he played for the Cleveland Browns between the years of 1957 and 1965. He set numerous, and I can't, I can't really, I can't really harp on this enough. Every week, somebody's breaking a record that Jim Brown set because he set numerous records, including in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and all-purpose yards. He led the NFL in rushing yards eight out of the nine seasons that he played. He was the NFL MVP three times in 1957, 1958, and 1965. And on top of all of that, he was a nine-time Pro Bowl selection and an eight-time first-team All-Pro. And to top it all off, he helped the Cleveland Browns. So if you watch football recently, this kind of sounds crazy, but yeah, the Browns was like that because of him back in the day. He helped the Cleveland Browns win an NFL championship in 1964. So that's just some of the football achievements this man has accomplished. Let's talk about some of the achievements that he's that he was being like he still was well un, un, until now he was pioneering before then. 
So he was very active in the civil rights advocacy. He was fighting for racial equality and social justice, very active in the civil rights movement. And recently, well, it depends on how you how recent you want to say these years are. He co-founded the Negro Industrial Economic Union. Uh, their whole purpose of that union was to promote econ- economic development in African American communities. Something that more people should be a part of. But Jim Brown set that president a long time ago. And he also founded the AmeriCan program, which aimed to provide life skills and educational opportunities to at-risk youth. I know, especially if you grew up like I did, you know a lot of people that could have benefited from that. Um, Jim Brown, I would need a million, a, a thousand, I mean, I would need so much time to really harp on some of the notable achievements and some of the notable things that Jim Brown has done that is not even featured in this list. But just know that the football world, the culture, all of us are mourning Jim Brown. So definitely rest in peace to one of the most influential and greatest football players alive and influential people of our generation so at the same time i also have to talk about the passing of another legend man i feel for some of the grandmas and aunties once this once this came out we're talking about the passing of miss tina turner man man i really hate talking about some of this stuff sometimes and again this is life is blue where we laugh at life's problems and i really but i really hate how you know now people are gonna more people are gonna understand um some of these achievements from both of these individuals but and that usually happens in death unfortunately but i'm just also kind of happy that more people are gonna put light on what's happening and what happened in these legends and if you know anything about a, a legend, their story is always going to live way past their actual bodies. So there's always that. So here's some uh, achievements for Miss uh, Tina Turner. She, over her career, sold over 200 million records worldwide, making her one of the best-selling music artists ever. She was also known for her powerful vocals, energetic performances, and captivating stage presence recognized as the queen of rock and roll for her groundbreaking contributions to the genre y'all know well, if you don't know go go ask your grandma if or your granddaddy or somebody older than you what were her iconic songs if you don't know them here are some songs that you can maybe find somewhere and i don't know if they're on streaming platforms but check them out we're talking about her iconic songs some of her iconic songs were proud mary What's love got to do with it? Simply the best. Private dancing. And the the list really goes on and on and on and on. Again, just like Jim Brown, we will need hours and hours and hours to really talk about some of the stuff that not only she helped with or produced or had something to do with. She won a Grammy, multiple Grammy awards, including Record of the Year, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. Um, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1991. She received a Kennedy Center honor in 2005 for her outstanding contributions to the arts. She's appeared in many, many, many movies, uh, movies that a lot of people 
more than likely know about, including her best-selling autobiography, What Love Got to Do With It. Um, and in that movie, if you know anything about most people, especially if you're my age, that's probably the first time you had anything to understand um, who Tina Turner was. And if you did the research and looked into who this person is, then you found out the rest. But most people my age were introduced to her, to her at that movie. And uh, because that movie was made in 1993, I was born in 98. That was the closest to my actual year of being born. So that was the first time I would have saw Tina Turner. And then going through that, understanding who she was, um, you kind of you kind of see that she overcame a lot of personal challenges, a lot of things, and still managed to triumph that and become an inspirational figure for just you know like resilience. And just and 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 like female empowerment and things like that. Like she was always, once you think of someone who overcame the odds, she's always usually in the front of people's minds. And then she retired from performing in two thousand nine after her Tina fiftieth anniversary tour. This is just some of again. This is just some of the achievements that she has. But man, what a life! What a life. And I know this is a time for mourning for their families and friends and fans, but you got to kind of think, like, if there was a life close to one that is lived with purpose, these two individuals are it. When I think of legends, when I think of people whose legacy is going to live on way past my kids' kids' kids, these are some of the individuals. So just rest in peace to the iconic Jim Brown and the legendary icon herself, Miss Tina Turner. Now, in more sad news, kind of not sad in that war regard, but still kind of sad. Um, and actually, I'm going to do a deep dive into this topic after the break. But um, the Florida governor, Mr. Ron DeSatan, or DeSantis, however you feel about him, has finally announced that he is running for presidency. What does this mean for the country? Do you even care? Do you even know who Ron DeSantis is? Do you want to know what I feel about it? Make sure you stay tuned because you, my good ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hopefully not boys and girls because I've been using some cuss words, but boys and girls, you... Are listening to Life is Blue Variety Show. Welcome to Life is Blue. We are the leading podcast that provides the most up to date news, entertainment, and stories. Our podcast offers something for everyone, which makes us the perfect choice for advertisers. Advertisers will gain access to our large network of listeners and potential customers. We give you the opportunity to target your desired audience and make sure your product or service gets the attention it deserves. Our competitive rates makes us the perfect choice for businesses looking to reach a wide audience. Plus, you'll get access to our dedicated support team who are available seven days a week to help you get the best results from your advertising campaigns. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to reach new customers and promote your business. Contact us today for more information about your advertising packages. Thank you for considering Life is Blue for your advertising needs. Life is Blue Variety Show. We're back. We're back. We're back. You back. You back. This is Life is Blue the Variety Show, and I am your host, comedian, 
sexy, small, short guy, but funny, Chris Blue, aka the mastermind. Now, before I went to the break, I said we're going to do a deep dive into this topic, Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, uh, Governor DeSantis has finally announced his 2024 presidential candidacy. And um, uh, I don't know about y'all, and again, before I even get into this, I am not, not a Republican or a Democrat, but I'm scared as shit about this. I'm not even going to lie. I, this shit, man, I'm scared. If anybody, a lot of people going big boy this, a lot of people going to act like, oh, no, 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 I'm scared because I didn't think we was going to get Trump. And this is Trump on crack, my nigga. I'm just saying this, this guy, this guy. Okay, so I'm you know what? Now I'm gonna keep my opinions out of it until the end. This is life is blue. I am Chris Blue, so I'm gonna give you my opinion. But I'm just gonna tell you some of the policies that uh, Governor DeSantis um, has um, allowed in the great state of Florida. So. Some of the big the big policy that DeSantis is known for is him signing the bill banning abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. Um but yeah, yeah. But a lot of stuff with that is going back and forth because it's actually uh a um a court case being fought or a legal ongoing ba- legal ongoing battle, um uh, in the Supreme Court about the state's current 15-week ban and stuff like that. So he's known for championing, championing, champion. I don't know how you really say that. Again, master student, don't really know how to say this. Championing, championing, championing. You know, he has something to do with uh, the abortion laws, man. That's just what's going on in, this, in Florida. So that's, that's one. Oh, he's just getting warmed up. He also expanded the law that a lot of people call the don't say gay law that is to cover all of grades banning classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in schools um he didn't want nobody talking about their pp or any of that in schools or really being um having a gender more or less in schools um in, in schools that's his that's man what that's his that's his bread and butter. He kind of he really understands. If anything about DeSantis, if you don't like him or do like him, there's here's a fact. He really understands the power of schools because a lot of the stuff that he's done targets schools. Because I I understand why because those schools are churning out the individuals that's gonna end up being in our ecosystem, right? So a lot you're gonna notice a lot of his policies actually goes against stuff in schools so don't say gay bill basically say well don't say gay um law basically you know like i mentioned bans any uh classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identities in schools he also signed a bill that prevents school staffers or students from being required to refer to people by pronouns that don't correspond to their to that person's sex Obviously, that is a straight shot to the transgender community and the LGBTQ community, uh, both of those bills. So, again, he definitely has an agenda, for sure. 
DeSantis also signed two major death penalty bills this year, one of them ending uh, the unanimous jury requirement in death penalty sentencing, allowing capital punishment with jury recommendation of at least four, eight to four in favor of execution, meaning that you, yourself, or whomever, if you are um, convicted of a crime and capital punishment is on the table, it really does not require for the jury to unanimously uh, think that's what it is. If out of the 12 people, eight of them say you should die, you're going to die, according to DeSantis. Uh, Only three states out of the 27 that impose the death penalty do not require unanimity. Um, So that kind of lets you know how rare this is and how honestly shitty this is um uh, the only other people are alabama and alabama unless it be 10 to 2 and missouri uh and in in, in, uh, missouri and in indiana let the jury decide when there's a uh, let the judge decide excuse me um when there is a divided jury but it's never been eight to four eight to four is very very um very strong um, this change came into a response of a verdict that spared the life of Majority Stoneman Douglas High School shooter who killed 17 people in 2018. Um, the other death penalty bill DeSantis signed allows the death penalty in child rape convictions despite a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that banned capital punishment in those cases. Um, the law is intended to get the conservative-controlled U.S. Supreme Court to reconsider a 2008 ruling. They found it unconstitutional to use capital punishment in child sexual battery cases. Basically, um, if you are a part of some type of child rape conversation or conviction, capital punishment can be administered. Ron DeSantis is also one of the most gun-wieldingest politicians i ever seen in my life. Because he made it so that in Florida you can be able to carry concealed guns without a permit. Uh, so basically, if you got a fire and you know where your fire at, you can carry a fire. <laughs> that is what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, just some quick uh, notes on this Floridians. Three million Floridians have a concealed weapons permit, while a background check and three-day waiting period will still be required. All right. Here's the one that I think DeSantis. So, so far, we got LGBTQ. and You can target them. Basically... If you are against uh, um, the use of guns or if you are in favor of common sense gun control, he don't like you either. Uh, DeSantis also, if you are death penalty, you out of here. So capital punishment, you better hope they don't never bring that shit up. Um, And abortion. So we had something for women, uh, LGBTQ, uh, anti-gun lobbyists, and... uh, People who are in prison. What else? What hasn't he taken? What has what hasn't he taken a shot at? If you are like me, you guessed it. Black folk. Here we go. In diversity, Ron DeSantis and what he decided to do. Ron DeSantis added another law that bans colleges, bans colleges from using state or federal funding for diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, which has been a consistent target for Mr. DeSantis. And here's my thing, right? Being that this is a consistent target, where have you ever been to anywhere and ever heard someone of sound mind say, 
Man, it is way too diverse in this bitch. Man, what? I'm so sick of these. I'm so sick of these motherfuckers around here, man. Oh, it's way too diverse in this motherfucker. Man. If someone said that around you, you would think, yeah, this guy's an asshole. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But if someone said this around me, I would think, yeah, that's this, this a dickhead. He's obviously a dickhead. Um, and more than likely, if I was to, if I was a betting man and I had to bet on him being a white supremacist, I think I would pretty much um, royal flush my way to a lot of money. Um, needless to say, anything regarding diversity has been um, a targeted by DeSantis. He wants a clear-cut society filled with people using the same gender that they were assigned with at birth. No diversity. He wants them to all to be able to carry guns without really nobody knowing. Uh, if you get raped or if you want an abortion in general, you're you're basically screwed after a while. And if you are convicted of a crime and people feel like uh, capital punishment is should be involved, all they need is eight out of the twelve people to say yeah. That's two thirds. That's two thirds. So yeah, that is Ron. Some of the stuff Ron DeSantis. Um, he also signed a law that says. That was called, well, that was named the Stop Woke Act, which restricts certain race-based conversations and analysis in schools and in businesses. This is a lot of stuff coming down the pipe of, um, of uh, what's the name of the world of where they tried to, wait? oh, a critical race theory. So that is coming, that is some of the stuff involving critical race theory. Um, he's basically don't want to make sure members of, or of one race feel inherently guilty by some of the past actions committed by those of the same race. He basically don't want to hurt white folks' feelings about um, what went down with, you know, owning black people. Um, and I feel like if you feel bad about that, if you feel bad about the way black people were treated in this country just as a white person, then do something to make sure that doesn't happen again. Not completely erase the conversation. That is yet another dickhead move from good old Ron the Sandboy. Um, and also he's been if that didn't make it worse, he has made he has been beefing with black people, women, people in prison. If you want an abortion. If you don't, if you want common sense gun reform, he is beefing with them. Where else could he go, right? Where else, where, who else could he beef with? This motherfucker got beef with Mickey Mouse. Mickey fucking Mouse, ladies and gentlemen. Mickey Mouse. He's been feuding with Disney all year. I mean... Basically going back and forth like it's beef with Mickey the fuck mouse. How is this? How is this is why I'm scared. This is why I'm scared. This is the type of bigotry that I think 
will get elected in a nation filled with bigots. Especially if the person he's going up against is Joe Biden. And a lot of people are still trying to figure out, is he even sane? So, yeah, man. Again, not a Democrat, not a Republican, but I just feel like, I feel like, you know, I'm a centrist, I believe. I have Republican viewpoints and I have Democratic viewpoints. Anything regarding humans, I feel like I'm I'm pretty Democratic about, especially black people. A lot of times, just because I'm black, I end up voting Democrat because the other stuff sounds like it's just a vote away from us being in fields again and shit. Um, but with all that being said, I just don't see how we can just ignore the elephant in the room. Obviously, this guy is like the Antichrist or some shit. Like, obviously, this guy doesn't care about unifying the nation. So why in all hell would he run for presidency? Here's the reason. Power. If you think that this person gives a damn about the great nation of America, you are, you are stupid. You're, you're stupid. You're stupid. If you really think that all this stuff he's doing just is just to protect America and he has American ideals, you're stupid. I don't give a damn that he was in the military. I know some vets and I am definitely grateful for a lot of the people who have fought on those lines for my for the freedom of the country. Well, I, I, I don't even want to even get too deep into that because it, I, I just got out of here. I don't want to get canceled. But, um... Yeah, man. I just think I'm on the side. I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. I'm on the side of good versus evil. And I feel like if you have beef with Mickey Mouse, you are inherently evil as hell. But fear not, ladies and gentlemen. I have a solution to our problems. In a new segment I want to bring to the forefront for the Life is Blue podcast called commercial chaos yes indeed ladies and gentlemen commercial chaos is where i will introduce you guys to some of the greatest commercials ever to solve some of the problems that we are facing in america now what could i be talking about here it is. For this particular problem, we are being able to, we are being, we are forced to choose inherently between good and evil. And we don't know who the hell is who. We have Democratic viewpoints and we have Republican viewpoints, both of which are fully committed to their parties and probably will not come up off of any those ideals. So we have one and the other. I am sick of the two-party system. So, if we only knew of someone who was so real that he himself would be able to fight for this country as only a real nigga should, if we only knew one person whose ideals and smooth vernacular could soothe this country into something amazing. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you if you haven't figured it out, I am talking about yours truly. Here is my presidential 
candidacy be? I hope you enjoy. Are you tired of the same old politics? Are you looking for a candidate who truly represents the people? Introducing our presidential candidate, a leader for a new generation with fresh ideas and a commitment to change. Meet the realest nigga of them all, Chris Blue, a champion for progress and unity. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris Blue, and I am running to be your next president of the United States. I, for one, am damn sick of people playing in our face about who actually built this great nation. It was us, the colors. In fact, I am introducing a bill the first week in office that will allow anybody who plays in our face with our race to be beaten up by the nearest member of our race. In fact, I'll let you know I've taken the liberty to already have that white woman who just said nigga beaten up. His policy on abortion is something we've never seen before. Mr. Blue, how do you feel about abortion? Well, I got a dick. What are you asking me about this shit for? Let them coaches do what they want to do. I love his stance on African-American issues. Candidate Blue, what do you think African-Americans deserve in order reparations. to... Reparations. Reparations. We deserve reparations. Next question. Are you sick of some of the white supremacist bullshit that's been happening in our faces? Are you tired of having to act like people aren't racist in your face? Vote blue for your next election. Because together, we can get these motherfuckers out of here. On me we can. Alright ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our mindful moment. And yeah, just like always, I got a great new one for you. And this one is going off of something I'm pretty sure you heard someone say when they're trying to do a cheap karate reference. Be like water. So, just imagine a flowing river gracefully adapting to the contours of the land as it encounters. Flowing in, flowing out. Never really using its momentum. Similarly, we must learn to adapt and flow. Never allowing ourselves to be held back by the setbacks obstacles that come our way. You see, life is a continued series of experiences and it's our ability to remain flexible, to bend but not break, that will define our success. That's what that whole quote is about. It's about adapting to your environment, to where you're around, to who you are. It's about being able to cherishing, being able to be uh, being able to cherish the victories and being able to cherish the milestones, but never really losing sight of the path that lies ahead. We must resent we must resist the temptation to linger too long in the moments. We must remember that life is a journey and complacency can be our greatest enemy. On the other hand, we all face moments of adversity and despair. When the storms of life rage around us, it is easy to lose hope and feel overwhelmed. But let us remember that water does not despair when faced with a mighty rage. But let us remember that water does not despair when faced with a mighty wave. It rises above that wave. It transforms and it finds a way through. Just as water rebounds from the impact of a falling raindrop, we too must rise above our challenges knowing that they are just temporary and that we possess the strength to weather any storm. So now, you can look at whomever made the cheesy karate reference of Be Like Water and actually know what they're talking about. Bruce Lee was a genius. He was before our time. And I really... It's funny to me how often we hear this and it just goes over our heads. It's just, we just kind of just, uh, that's just Bruce Lee trying to be on some karate shit. 
No, that's not what it is. You really have to figure out how to embody the spirit of water. We must never stop learning. Water is a symbol of constant change and growth. It adapts, it evolves, it continues to seek new pathways, and we must do the same. We must embrace a mindset of lifelong learning and being open to, to, your, to new experiences, ideas, and perspectives. Every setback is an opportunity to gain wisdom, and every success is a chance to expand our horizons. So remember, ladies and gentlemen, be like water, you dig. That is our mindful moment of this week. Life is Blue Variety Show. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. I really hope you enjoyed the mindful moment and this week's commercial chaos. Um, I'm really hoping that if you made it to this point of the show that you had three things. I hope you had a realization of what's going on around in the world. I hope you had some type of self-reflection and understand that life is always going to continue to go whether it's good or bad and that we can't move with the tides. We must be like water. And third, I hope you understand that um, understand what's happening out here. Make sure you go vote. Make sure you go do a lot of things. Make sure you're really listening to what's happening. Shit is happening right underneath our nose, ladies and gentlemen. You just need to make sure that you've got your ear to them streets. But if you made it this far in the podcast, I really love you. I'm giving you an audio hug right now. It ain't as dope as J, as, as J. Cole's audio hug to Summer Walker, but It'll do for right now. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Life is Blue Pod. Make sure you follow yours truly on Instagram and TikTok at I am C J Blue. If you have any, 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 any business inquiries, whether you want to sponsor the podcast, whether you want to add on the podcast, whether you want to be a guest on the podcast, email MindMasterMedia81 at Gmail. That's MindMasterMedia81 at Gmail. I love you guys. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we got to get out of here on our smooth little music bed. Hey, make sure you're actually paying attention, ladies and gentlemen. Be like water. Until next week, back again for some more Life is Blue. But until next time. <laughs>